Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I want to read from um, Acts chapter number 3. And uh, a, a couple things here. Um, when uh, my friend, my, somebody I know said, you know, talking to somebody, witnessing to somebody, and um, she said, well, I'm not a believer. I, I don't believe that God exists or whatever. And she said, well, you know, if you would just read this book, and, I, and I'm saying this because I've done this. Uh, you got, you got to read this book, you know, and while you're reading it, pray and, you know, see what God says. And I, I've done that. I'm not being critical of that because I believe if you're reading the Scripture and you're hungry for God, uh, uh, you know, He's going to show Himself to you. I don't belittle that. But I'm here to tell you what, that, that there are unbelievers out there that need to see Jesus. They need to see Him. And, and we're afraid, we've been afraid to show Him to the world through us. And I'm going to tell you, in the days, in the months, in the season that we're in, the body of Christ is going to stand up, and the world is going to see him. And so here's what happened right after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection, right after Pentecost. uh, Peter and John, verse number 1 of Acts chapter 3, were going up together to the temple uh, complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Do you know what? They had habits of going to prayer. This willy-nilly, well, I can do it whenever. Listen, you need to establish some, some healthy spiritual habits in your life if you're going to prosper. I'm not yelling. I'm just saying that, okay? There's not, I don't know, I'm not beating you over the head. It's just a little bit of passion there. The idea, well, you can't, you get stuck in a rut in a tradition. Sometimes, man, you, you just, you, you just de- keep doing the right thing. Keep plowing. Keep, keep working. And in those moments, God shows up. So they're going to the temple complex. They were going to church. It's a good thing to go to. It doesn't say that, and God love you. I appreciate everybody's watching. But it doesn't say they watched it on YouTube. Or they tune in on their TV. There's something about our face-to-face meetings. I know there's people that can't be here, and we love you, and I'm glad you're watching. But, man, if you can, even if you're out of state, somehow connect with the body of Christ near you. Find somebody to be in fellowship with because as much as you think you love my preaching and all that, what you need more than preaching is, is the whole package of preaching, fellowship, ministry, gifts of the Spirit, all happening. Yeah, watch your sermons. But man, oh man, get involved with a body. Okay, I wasn't talking about that either, but there that is. Says so they're going to the temple, and, and, and there was a man who was lame from birth, was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful, so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. Mama didn't raise any fool there. Most giving people in the world ought to be the ones in the building, right? 
If I was a beggar, I'd want to be out in our parking lot. Seriously. Because that ought to be our heart is to give. It ought to be in you. And he knew what he was doing. And he was there, but he didn't bargain for what he was going to get that day. So there he is begging him when he, when, uh, he saw Peter and John about to enter into the complex, the temple complex, he asked for help. Pretty normal. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, he, they looked at him intently. It wasn't just a passing one. They looked. I'm going to tell you something. There's that time when you when you're looking intently. There is a spiritual download that can transpire and does transpire. And in that moment, not everybody, not everybody has the faith to be healed. Not everybody has, uh, uh, you, you know. There's times that Jesus couldn't heal anybody because of their unbelief. But man, if you're spiritually sensitive in the moment and you realize who you are in Christ. Then Paul or uh, Peter and John looked. They didn't just glance by. Oh, there's another beggar. It's like we. They they, they looked on him intently. And man, God, I ju- I just know something transpired spiritually. I know it did. Well, obviously, and and this is what uh, Peter and John said uh, after they looked at him intently. They said, "Look at, look at us." They didn't come up and say. Now, young man, we're going to lead you to Jesus. They didn't come up and say, well, you know, I wish, and I've done this before. God help me, and I'm going to preach against me. Oh, you need to come to our services. No, oh, yeah. Tragically, I did that one time. Same thing you were talking about, brother. You know, somebody asked me for prayer. I didn't pray. I said, I'm going to come pick you up. We're going to go to a service. Unfortunately, he committed suicide the day before. You know, I, I'm not like, oh, how guilty am I? No, I'm not. I can't carry that. But God, somebody asked me to pray for them now. I don't care where at. I'll, I'll, I'll spit and spray and lay hands right on the forehead. I will do it. Why? Because, because the enemy of our soul is, is at work. And I'm going to tell you what, we need to be at work. You will say God needs to be at work. He is at work in us. And these guys had the guts. They had the intestinal fortitude. They had the spiritual understanding and the knowledge to, to look at them him intently and then say, look at us. How many of you got the guts? And in the faith in Christ, to not try to point them in another direction, but to declare to somebody in need, look at me. I'm telling you, we have used the book as a way for people not to look at us. We've used it as an excuse not to stand up and be what God's called us to be. And I love the book. And I look at the book, and I love reading the book, and it's a guardrails of life. But my God, the unbelievers don't need to be looking at a book. They need to be looking at us. There, I could say amen in closing and all that, but I'm not going to yet. Come on, man. We're living in a day. We're living in a time when the world needs to see Jesus. 
And he need, they need to see it in the boldness and the authority that God has gifted and put in you because of the power of the cross. And I realize, and i got to tell you, I speak this again. It is not that any one of us individually can be, say, I'm Jesus. But collectively in the body of Christ, we make him look good. We're supposed to. And if you're so like, oh, I can't tell somebody to look at us, well, repent. Do something different. Oh, I can't do it. God, don't put that on yourself. I am not standing up here today doing this by myself. Or If this has any spiritual value at all, it is the power of God that flows through human vessels that says we have this treasure in jars of clay that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. I don't, all I have to be is a conduit of His, his goodness. But I'm still the thing that people are going to be looking at. And i got to be all right with that. And it's not because, you know, I'm the best-looking thing. It's not because I'm the tallest. Or, the, you know, ooh. What, everything that the world looks like, oh, I don't look good. We, we want to collapse ourselves. Let me tell you something, sweetheart. It's the glory of God that looks good on you. The beauty that, and it's beautiful. There's beauty out there, but I tell you, it fades. But the glory of God never fades. In fact, the more and more, I believe, the, the, the closer you, the more mature you get, the more glory of God flows through your life. And you ought not be ashamed or hide yourself, but you ought to be able to declare, look at us. Look at me. If you're going to come up here for prayer today, I'm going to say, look at me. Because I'm going to declare some things over your life. Well, you're awful bold. I haven't been for years. But I'm, I'm fixing to get engaged to what God has called us to do in the day that we live. Wickedness is just increasing. But I'm going to tell you what, so will the power of God in our lives. It will. <laughs> and if you have been wounded and hurt, and you, you know, well, I, you know, I don't know if I can trust, get over yourself. And, and get connected with what God is doing. No, again, when I say look at us, I, I'm, I'm look at, I, I, I want to be exactly who I declare myself to be. I don't want to have a, you can't have a hidden life and say, look at us. Right? Well, what happens if I fail? Then look at us as I am restored. Look at us as I trust in the blood of Jesus. Look at us in the good times and the bad times. What happens when, it, you know, when I'm suffering? Look at us. Watch how we suffer. Why? Because God, when you have him as a foundation, you're going to suffer with grace. So, so here's the question. Uh, if you're going ha- to tell somebody to look at, you know, Paul, Peter and John, look at us. But literally, they're saying, we got something. And in fact, he says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I'm going to give to you. He didn't say, well, let me tell you about God able to heal. 
and then they go into some explanation of, you know, you know how that, all, he, he said, hey, I got something, and what I got, I'm going to give to you. The problem that we have is we don't think we have anything. We don't believe that God has invested in us the, the gifts of his spirit so that we, I have something. Such as I have today, I'm going to pray some prayers, and I'm going to not ask God to do something. I'm going to declare him what's in me, what's already gifted in me. And I'm going to watch God do some things. I'm not the only one going to be doing that because there's others that have already embraced it. So how do you get to that place? Because some of you here are like, ooh, don't look at me. Right? Ooh, uh, you know what? My life, I know what I did last night. I, I know what happened this weekend. I'm not somebody to follow. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus can turn your life around and literally bring you into a brand new life. So here's what happens. <clears throat> um, let me see if I can find uh, where I was going with that. Oh, I know why I'm not there. Uh, the idea of, of the new birth when Jesus told Nicodemus that, that somebody must be born again. Let me, let me read what I believe is uh, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. But there is a correct response to the gospel in our lives. So here's what happens. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, it says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. This is just, uh, just after Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Just after, uh, like 40 or 50 days after they, they crucified him, and he, and he died, he rose from the dead. Just after the crowd just wanting blood. And so Peter's preaching to the same crowd. And he said, let everybody know that you crucified the Messiah. And the difference was when they heard this, they, were, they came under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? How many of you like good preaching? How many of you have come under deep conviction because of good preaching? So Peter is uh, preaching. And you know what? You don't have to preach for an hour and a half to preach good. I mean, you. Oh, you did that. I thought I heard that. No, the, the idea of, of, of the message was there. And Peter, Peter said, Look, man, you just you crucified the Messiah. And they said, Ah. I, they believed that, but they didn't just say, oh, I believe. They said, what do we do? There is, a, there is believing in the gospel, and then there is a correct response to the gospel. And so they believe. Peter preached, and it's like, I believe, great. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I don't mind believing as long as it don't affect my personal life. I've heard somebody say that before. But the reality, when you believe in Christ, it ought to turn your life upside down. And he said, he said, our brothers, he, they said, what must we do? He said, repent. You're not going to repent unless you believe. Repentance is nothing but changing a direction in your life. 
You say, I'm too old to change. Quit using that as an excuse, right? You can change. You can make up your mind, and you can make a choice to go in a different direction, and especially when you do that in the name of Jesus because he empowers you to do things. He said, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Right out of the gate, man, they're talking about baptism. What happens when you're baptized? You go down in the watery grave in the name of Jesus, and your sins are forgiven. They're remitted. They're washed away. And, and he says here, he says, and uh, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you, to your children, all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. And when in many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, be saved from this corrupt generation. This is not the first corrupt generation in the world. There's nothing new under the sun. It may be multiplied and then get it out quicker. But I'm telling you what, there's nothing new. There's not new devils being born every week. The things that we're suffering and seeing has been on this world. Maybe not in the numbers and not being pressed upon in every genre out there, but it's been there before. So to save yourself, he said, you need to repent of your sin. Realize, and, and it says, and, and be baptized. So here, here's what happened. You ever, I don't know if it's an Indian proverb or a, a whatever it was, the, the, the seven blind men that are trying to describe an elephant. You ever hear that one? You know, one guy gets a hold of the tail, and one guy gets a hold of the trunk, and, you know, wow, he's like a snake, and oh, he's like a tree, because one guy got the leg, and the other guy got the side of him. He says, it's like a brick wall. And, and uh, all of them are just seeing a part of that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We've seen a part of baptism, and we've stuck on that and, and not seen the whole picture. And I want to try to describe to you a little more the whole picture of what it is when you are baptized in the Hudson River two Sundays from now, what exactly is going to transpire. Because what will transpire when you come out of that water, it's not just in God. I say just. I was always, you, you got to go down because you're such a wretched, miserable creature that you need all your sins washed away. Truth. I was a wretched, miserable creature, and I needed all my sins washed away. But that was one part of the whole picture. Uh, what I did not realize and what was not declared, I'm going to quit yelling, what was not declared was when I come out of that water, the glory of God that was supposed to be revealed in my life. I, I was come out of that water and still lived with that pressing condemnation and that I was not still not good enough and I could never accomplish and all of those things. And because the religion that I was birthed in saw one part of the picture. And there's some of you here today, you may not even have seen any of it. Some of you, all oh, baptism's not important. I got to tell you, honey, you are wrong. I don't need to do it. I'm afraid of water. We'll make sure we don't drown. I haven't drowned anybody yet. There's a couple I wanted to, but I didn't. I held Cleveland under for four minutes. He still came back up. Not true. Listen to this. And, and uh, Corinthians 2, or Colossians 2, 
Chapter 8, be careful no one takes you through, uh, takes you captive through philosophy, empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. I used to preach that about others until I realized that applied to me, that I have had uh, uh, teachings and philosophy, I've had tradition in my religious belief system that held me back from what really God wanted to do. And I have no, again, you can call yourself whatever you about. I'm a Baptist, I'm a Catholic, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, and, and you get to one part of whatever the picture, and you, you, you know, you're like that blind man on the elephant, and you're, that's it, that's it. Well, I'm telling you, there is a huge kingdom of God that he wants us to step back, see the whole thing, and then dive into. And so what I realized is even, you know, I had the truth, but I didn't have the truth. And I had tradition. And, and, and some of the things I believe held me captive, and, and it was based on the elemental forces of the world. And I want to base what I preach, what we pray, I, I, want, it, I want it to be based on Christ or in Christ. It says, for the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you've been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. How cool is that? You're also, listen to this, circumcised with, uh, in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of the Messiah, having been buried with him in baptism. Okay, I don't understand the whole circumcision thing. Listen to me. Okay, we know what circumcision is. Anybody not know? Okay, we know what that is. That, but where did that come from? It was a covenant that God made with Abram. And it literally signified that, that he was in covenant with God. And it, it was declared, this is what you must do. And every mad child was circumcised. And, and he's likening that to the covenant uh, 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 signal, that, that, that outward manifestation of, hey, we're, we're in covenant with God. When you're baptized, it's part of a covenant promise. It's literally a circumcision, not of your flesh, but of your heart. It cuts away that sinful part of you. The circumcision of Christ is powerful. You say, I don't need that. Yes, you do. If you choose not to do that, that's on you. But you're going to hear from this preacher, you need to do that. Why? Because I want you to stand in the days and weeks to come and have somebody in need and you say, look at me. That's what I want. That's what he wants. I don't we're not, we are not, I, we're terrible at keeping records. Okay, this is not a notch in our belt. We baptized 35 this week. Great. I, I, I'm, and I'm thrilled about that. I don't care about a number of people. But I do care today that when you go down in that water grave, you understand the full picture of what's going on. And, and the reality of it is, if you are still in your sin, 
you know what you're going to do? You're going to do what every human being's ever done. You're going to hide it. You're going to hide either in shame or pride. Same, same, same boat, different sides of the boat. You're going to puff yourself up as if you're somebody, and when people look at you, all they see is arrogance. Not talking about anybody in particular. Or you're going to walk around, you can't even look anybody in the eyes because you're so, so ashamed of your life. And when you are cut, when those sins are cut away, all of a sudden you can stand upright. When you're filled with the power of the Spirit, all of a sudden you can say, ooh, look at me. And when they're looking at me, they say, wow, I, wow, you're a man. No, it's Christ in me. I, you know, we're men. We're women. Hey, you know what? I know where I came from. I know who I am. But man, oh, man, I also know what he's done for me. And I know what he's capable of through the power of the Spirit. Okay, so let me, let me finish this. He said, uh, having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through the faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, forgave all our trespasses. He erased a certificate of debt. That's pretty incredible. And has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He's disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly and triumphed over, and he triumphed over them by him. Listen to me. You, you know, oh, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. Who gives a rip? Seriously. It's not what the devil's doing. What are you doing? Oh, the devil. He's already triumphed over him. Literally. Actually. And, and, and all of those that are in Christ Jesus, all of that stuff is under our feet. But too many times we get drugged down in the dirt and, the, and all of that, and that's where we stay. Instead of standing, I'm asking you to stand, not stand yet because I'm not done. But I'm asking you to stand with Christ. And when you stand with Christ, then you say, look on us. You can, you can say that. All right, I'm almost done. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand when I finish this. We're going to do the, yeah, we're going to stand, but we're going to play the music, Right? Yes, extended worship. Well, you can come up here anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, 1 through 6 says, What should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may be multiplied? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? How would you die to sin? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way. It's a new way of life. Is it that simple? Yep. What do you do? You make a choice. What, you, what, am, what do I got to do? Sign up on the board. We'll, we'll get you there. If you can't be there, you know, that day, let's do it any time that you're ready to do it because, man, oh, man, it makes a difference. But, but it's not just, God, I want, I've, how many felt that load of sin and guilt? Man, how many felt it just 
disappear. I did. But that's not the whole story. You can think that's it. No, what's it is you need to walk in a newness of life. You, God wants to put us on display. And I, for the sake of time. Well, no, I'm going to keep reading. It says, for if we've been joined together with him in the likeness of his death, which is baptism, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's not when we die. That's right now. We are supposed to be in the likeness of the power of God in the, on display to this earth, us. I'm going to tell you what, look at me. I, I, I am not ashamed to say that. Well, don't you, aren't you struggling? I'm a human being, of course. But I'm going to tell you what I trust in the blood of Jesus. I trust in the power of the cross. I trust in the power of his spirit that resides in me. Well, you're awful bold to say that. I am bold about him. And you ought to be bold about him. I pray that you get bold about him. So what if it doesn't work? It's going to work. We cannot lose. The only way this doesn't work is when you are mixed with unbelief. You say, I don't think so. Well, let me tell you what. Keep that to yourself because I think so. And it goes on, and I'm almost done. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished. Abolished. So that we're no longer a slave or enslaved to sin. Some of you still think that you're slaves and you still act like slaves. When all the while you are the sons and daughters of the Most High. You have access to incredible things, not just for yourself, but for those that are around us. And God's looking for his children to stand up and access what he's gifted and what we've inherited and have a world look at us. And when they look at us and they receive from him and we give glory to God, I got to tell you what, watch what happens in this world. One more scripture says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put Christ, have put on Christ like a garment. It's like, whoa. I'm just, now, if I'm putting Christ on like a garment, that's what you're going to see. If you've been baptized into Christ, your sins are, how many need your sins forgiven? Washed away. All right, let's go down in the watery grave. It's amazing. It's amazing. But, but I'm here to tell you this. That is not the full story. Because you are meant to be raised in a newness of life. And the glory and the power of God to flow through you. Well, this was unplanned. Um, I was going through a personal struggle a while ago without me getting emotional about it. And uh, I've never heard God speak to me so clearly. He literally said a word to me, two words. And I'm like, okay. So I called my wife and said, I'm going to do this. And that's great. The next day I woke up 
and I swear, all I heard was evil about me. Every bad thing I ever felt, it did. One word came to me, baptism. He told me that day to do it, which I called pastor. And I have to say, I was willing to lay everything at the cross, and I did. And I have to say, I was instantly healed from that sin. I have to say that I have never felt it again. And the next day, he gave me another work to do. Now, I didn't, I wasn't actually successful at it, I'd say, but I opened a door, I planted a seed, and I'm still going to continue to do what he told me. So I have to give that personal testimony because it's true. I had done it once before, and all I asked for was to be a good father and a husband. But I didn't let it go. And the day I did, I was free. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Hallelujah. Take that one, devil. Because somebody's out here saying, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm no good. It's too bad. And I tell you what, I, the blood's enough. The cross is enough. It will literally set you free. But not just so you can, you know, be in the sunshine and throw daisies. He's going to set you free so you can stand and tell people, look at us. And so as we turn the music on, how many need healing? I'm going to tell you what. Come on. If, you get, if the gift of healing will operate for you, come on up here real quick. Come on, if the gift of healing will operate for you. And you're ready to say, look at us. Turn around so everybody can see you. All right? As the music's played, if you need, how many need a word of encouragement, a prophetic word? You do? All right, come on. Come on, if you're a prophet, come up here. Come on, turn around. If you need that word. Listen, what I'm telling you, if, if you're looking for something from God and you're saying, Lord, we need you to do that, and it's going to come through the ceiling, nope. You know where it's going to come through? It's going to come through us. It's going to come through us. So I'm, I'm a, you, look, just if there's something I didn't mention, Come see me. I'll direct you to the right one, or I'm going to speak it over you right now anyway. So we're going to sing. We're going to, we're going to worship. We're going to pray together. But come up right now and get a word from God. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be delivered. If you need to repent of your sins, I want to pray with you. If you haven't signed up to be baptized, do that. Come on. Let's look at the whole elephant, not just a part of it. Come on. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.